0: You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs Welcome to another Reflections music podcast, episode 8 As always,
1: I'm here with Ash Morning, morning, hello, good afternoon, good evening Whenever you are listening to this people
0: I'm Jay and uh, we're a podcast that we primarily focus on soul music Uh, We're currently doing a Neo Soul retrospective And today we're doing Things Fall Apart by the Roots And before you guys freak out and think Oh, the Roots are hip-hop They are hip-hop, but they are very much Neo Soul They are like the main, the mainstay they're like one of the foundations of ash
1: would you say yeah yeah i i i think i think again digging into this album i didn't realize how much actually quest loves visionary status enabled the scene to move from from just being uh being a style of music to actually being a real strong I want to say credible genre because I, I know a lot of people out there frown on the term neo soul and 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 don't think of it as much. But in terms of creating a movement, in terms of creating a style of music, in terms of creating careers and opportunities for people, I think his vision um, and what came about by having that band at the heart of it all enabled a lot of artists to come together, enabled a lot of people to to grow and a, a real credible industry to to develop and be formed rather than just having D'Angelo and just having Maxwell and just having Erica Badu and then a load of other filter acts that are just here and around who don't really do anything. I think they were able to take all those B players and turn them into A players and turn the A players into A star players, if that makes sense.
0: Exactly. I mean, By what they did. Yeah, so when you say sort of like B players or the supporting cast, a lot of these names that we'll mention, I thinking back, I didn't I had never heard of them until this period of time, right? Mm. And a lot of them, they were like Cohen, for instance. I'm not saying he's a B player, but I hadn't heard of Common because I'm not a hip hop guy. I hadn't heard of Common until this period of time. Yeah. And the album associated with this period is is a uh, was his fourth album. That's so he's fourth mm. four albums in. The Roots. This is their fourth album, four albums in. Um this period of time is was definitely um I don't know, some kind of weird spiritual sc- coming together and it just like everything was right and what they produced at the time, all these guys is just immense and ridiculous. Getting back into it, I started remembering that. I started seeing Questlove's name everywhere, and like mm-hmm. you, you're looking at you're looking at album credits for this album, and you just like or like for say Blau or something, and you see a Questlove Thompson. He started becoming this like weird mystical mythical figure because it was just like you know the way he wrote it with the question mark, and then it's like who is this guy and then because it was the early 2000s it wasn't like now we can just go online and sort of like check out interviews and hear him speak so I just used to see this big dude with the afro looking serious yeah. on the drums and i was just like who is this guy that's everywhere and all of a sudden and to, he'd been around for ages but to my mind to my consciousness mm. it was all around about 2000 all around about then and it's it's crazy and it's weird though because this album I obviously listened to it at the time because listening back to it, I remembered a lot of the songs, but it's not an album that I would say that I regularly listen to because I listen to um like what a, I can never say it. Cummins album. <laughs> Commons yeah. album. I, I actually had that album. Now I don't know whether I actually bought it myself or I bought it for my brother. Cause he's a hip hop guy, but I know I, I listened to it. I was like, I know this album. Like, and, and that's a, that's a weird, that's weird yeah the whole time period is just 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 mental anyway how do you want to do this Ash? i figure as we're not we're not going to do it like i don't think you can do it like a like the way we normally do it we're just going to approach it more like a chat i reckon yeah what do you reckon?
1: yeah i think so i think we can look at a few but this because there, there wasn't actually many singles were there
0: no just two just the yeah. two i'll uh i'll get into the facts because there are there are some bits and pieces that we 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 should talk about so i'll get into those so all right, so <laughs> this is the all first. This is the first thing that um, doesn't ring true, and I and I and I think this is where things get hazy for some of the, some of the players. So the the idea is the legend. The legend is that this album was recorded entire in its entirety at Electric Lady Studios, where uh, Voodoo was um, recorded, um, Erica Badu's Mama's Gun, Commons like Water for Chocolate, all those albums, but. Digging into the internet and doing my research, it turns out that a lot of this album was actually recorded elsewhere. And what happened was, um, and this, I got this from um, a Questlove interview, that they had already started recording this album in Philly, where where the roots are from. But because Questlove was working with D'Angelo and like was so entrenched in the sessions for Voodoo, that he was spending so much time in New York that he was like, oh, you guys need to come up here to, you know, because I'm here all the time traveling back's a problem. So, the majority of the album seemed like it was recorded in, in Philly as opposed to its entirety in Electric Lady Studios. Yeah. So, yeah. that's how that goes. Right. And for those, oh, gosh, what's going on here? Bear me a second, Ash. My notes have gone rogue. There we go. I can't see your face. There we are. So, for those who don't know, Electric Lady Studios is a legendary recording studio complex based in New York, and it was built by Jimi Hendrix in the 1970s. And it's it truly is legendary. When you think about um, some of the artists that have recorded there, Stevie Wonder, Rolling Stones, David Bowie, Led Zeppelin, more recently Adele, Daft Punk, Lana Del Rey, and obviously these Neo Soul Cats. Uh, and it was funny to, as you're researching it, to realise that in the late '90s, early 2000s, it wasn't being used very much. It wasn't the go-to place, um, and the way Questlove tells the story is that they were they were doing a lot of sessions at another studio, Battery Studios in New York, which is quite famous in in of itself. But uh, D'Angelo, according to legend, he wasn't getting the vibe from there, and he wanted to go to where Jimmy Jimmy was, and you know they they walked in there, and it was like a spiritual it was a spiritual thing and it's like oh we have to record here and that's how it goes and that's why they moved there um that's where that happened and recording happened between 97 98 um for this album released february 23rd 99 on mca writers on this on numerous just the roots obviously they had guest guest artists on there like most deaf beanie siegel common eve who was he was called Eve of Destruction at the time didn't know that <laughs> um who else uh producers Dilla's um who else? on there who else? Dilla Dilla's oh, yeah. on there Jay Dilla yeah I was gonna get tour. to. Him. I was going to add him to the to the to the producers side yeah, yeah. so Jay Dilla was on there so you got producers like the grand wizards who are that's, that's that's the roots basically. You've also got Scott Storch who was also part of the roots, but he's got, he's, he's got like individual credits as well. Uh, if you don't know mm-hmm. Scott Storch, he worked with Dr. Dre, Mario, terror squad. He did like lean back and you should let me love you. He did all those tunes yeah. as well. And, uh, basically just a, a lot of stuff that a lot any hip hop track with like heavy piano in it. It's probably Scott Storch. Well, from, from that era, anyway. Um, obviously, like you said, Jay, Jay Dilla, James Poyser, who's also part of the Roots, but obviously he does a lot of individual stuff. Guest musicians, D'Angelo, obviously, Eric Abdu, Ursula Rucker, she does the, uh, the poem at the end, which is a banger. Yeah. I'm not even a poetry guy, but that's just a banger. Um, Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff's on here doing some scratches. Uh, and a guy a guitarist called spanky often and i've added him to here because um he 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 did a lot of stuff on voodoo um he's dead now and he's just he's just an amazing guitarist amazing soul r&b type guitarist that it's on a lot of classic motown stuff and yeah he got involved in with these guys and he's all over voodoo and he's amazing and um yeah, yeah. i'll talk about him a bit more later um, album sells uh it went to number four, the US pop charts, peaked at number four. Wow. Number two on the US R and B. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this this yeah, this album did things. Um mm. their biggest selling. Um it's it's gone platinum, it's certified platinum now. Um yeah, it's it's their one.
1: Yeah, and they knew that as well. Mm-hmm. As soon as they had the hit, they knew it. But they were they were also at a space where Again, like we've already said this, that you said it was their fourth album. They knew coming into it, being on a major, that they needed to to deliver something with this. And you know, it goes right right at the start of the album where they've got that intro where it's the the dialogue of Denzel and Wesley. Um and it kind of sums up their situation perfectly, where they're where they where they've got this battle where they are creating this amazing art and a, and a almost a new form of hip hop, because by taking it back to the band and taking it to the live instrumentation, it allows them to, to push hip hop further than just having a DJ and a sampler and, and playing around with it. But the stuff that everyone likes is what, what Diddy was doing and bad boy were doing at the time. And it was the jiggy stuff and it was fun and it was lively and, and also a lot of cursing and a lot of, you know, a lot lot of lot of um a lot of uh, just a bling lifestyle, so to speak, which was not what they were about and not what they were coming from. And they weren't talking about dealing drugs and, and that, you know, they, they touch on things, but you know, you, you listen to Big's album, a lot of it is about, you mm-hmm. know, the drug game and, yeah, the and how it's the and, yeah. it's, and it's the same with Rockefeller and Jay as well. After that, a lot of it is built around that. Whereas that's not what they're trying to do, um, and so right from the get-go, they they set up, they set you up to tell you where they're at, and this is the issue. Everyone loves this style of music, and they just don't understand what we're doing. But what we're doing is right, mm. but it's not what the people want. But we need to do this because this is what the people need, and the people don't know that they need it. We got we got to stick to it. Um, and again, I think throughout this album, they managed to kind of find, they managed to find a way where they are credible rap hip hop artists, but also managed to find a few points where they are able to cross over to the mainstream and have that breakthrough, which enables them to not only have more success for themselves, but more success for everyone. Um, I think on the, on their last album, the album before this, the Liddell Half-Life, um, which, again, like, there's nothing, as me as not being a hip-hop head, there's nothing major that kind of jumps out of me when I listened to that album. But there's one track, there's one track with our guy, Raphael Sadiq, mm. um, What They Do. And it, it kind of, it's a it's a song that, you know, if you watch the video, it, it takes the piss out of all of the Hype Williams videos. It's got mm-hmm. them with bottles and girls dancing mm-hmm. and a girl pulling a muscle as she's trying to flex and, and all that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, they're just mocking it all. Um, but I feel like with that song, uh, what they do and its, it's soulfulness and Black lyrical content um, and the live music vibe to it, I think they found the formula in that song, or I feel like they found the formula in that song that was like, right, if we, if we could just push this on and get this up another notch, this is, this is it this is the one. And I think they got that with the lead single on this album where they were able to just turn the notch up a little bit more, which then enables them to go into the stratosphere, so to speak, and, and just cross over and get all the credibility that, uh, that their work deserved. Because again, there's so much, there's so much depth in the production. Um, and you, you know, you can tell that they've been studying their craft and, and honing it down and like I said just by by having that band element um, and having a live drummer and not just relying on a drum machine or or, or not just relying on a DJ something man look we've got we've got a we've got a beatboxer to do all our scratches we don't need a DJ like everything was was almost real with what they were doing and yeah like a band does I think it enabled them to just push things further than just a sequenced loop made on bass or Fruity loops or you know and there's nothing wrong with that but as a live musician and a man I feel like and I've always said it like rap always rappers always sound better with a band behind it obviously they need to get the sounds right to kind of recreate that but the the drive of the live drums and the live bass just can push a performance that much more further
0: yeah I mean i don't know i i think i think it can go either like in terms of rec- recordings it can go either way but definitely for live for, for a live performance uh, with a live band it's always going to be better every every hip-hop sh- um show i've been to uh not many but every one i've been to um the ones with a live band have always sort of like i've always enjoyed more it's always been mm-hmm. it's always been more dynamic and just more it's just a better visual experience as well um what I will say about um what you're saying about sort of like trying to straddle these two schools um you know being credible but having the people like you it's it's almost like there's a part of me that wonders like why did they care you know I, It's like why did you care you you because you know like once you start sort of delving into jazz and you're like a full band and you're and you're, you know, it's the it's the late nineties, early two thousands. So you're not doing so you're not doing, um, that like you say that bling type of music. So you know that the masses aren't going to be into you. You know you're going to be niche. So there's a part of me that's like, why complain about it, man? Like like reveling it. Like do you know what I mean? But you got that you got the mo better blues um um snippet at the beginning like talking about like almost whining like Denzel's whining and I'm like yeah why are you guys whining like just 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 embrace it just mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's cuz it's always going to be that way like my brother loves hip hop and even though um when we we were thinking about doing this uh album what, a few weeks ago and I was like saying oh, I've, I've been listening to this again blah 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 and he was like he loved Neosol, loves me also loves hip hop and he's like the two together, he's like, mm. he's like, I'm just not sure about them beats, is, and i was just like, but if D'Angelo was singing over this or of Eric Blue was on it, you'd be on it, and he was like, yeah, I would, but he's just like, so, if you like a hip hop a certain way, it's, it's never, it's never, it's never gonna fly for you, you know, really. So yeah. embrace it. I, that's what I would say. You're, you're musicians. You're like, you know, em, embrace what you are. Do you know what I mean? It's not, but I, I but, but then I also get. The, you know like as a black person you know you go to a you go to a show it would be nice to see some of your own people in the audience you know and and in the, it, it's true and in the in the in the snippet from a better blues like denzel does say he's like in the audience he was like it was japanese people whatever blah blah yeah. blah and like i can i can understand like so you go to a root show and it's like there's mostly sort of like non-blacks in there then yeah you're like why why don't our people feel us you know, and that can be a bit sad and jarring, but at this, at the end of the day, you've got to be true to yourself, right? That's that's how I feel. You've got to be true to yourself and your music's your music. You know, you can only do yeah. what comes out of you. It'd have, been, it'd have been a travesty if they would have, you know, instead of doing this album, conformed to the mainstream.
1: They couldn't have done it anyway. It just it, it wouldn't have worked. It, it, Black, it's, Black, not Black, it's not them. It's not them. Black 4 and Malik B, like, they're too... They're, they're too coarse in their in their lyricism and their vocal delivery, like it's too rough. It's too, you know, it's not smooth what, enough. What and the they time? would have had to, really, yeah. yeah, they would have had to completely change their their get up, maybe, and even their flow to a certain extent. I mean, Q Tips quite quite smooth. Like he might have been able to do it, um, but I don't I don't mm. really think they could have done it. I uh, just you know it, it wasn't there. And the, again, the way the way they constructed their tracks, like. It, it wasn't It wasn't based on, you know, disco samples, which, again, most of what Bad Boy was doing, yeah, that which yeah. was fun, mm. made it lively. Mm. Then the rest of the stuff was just kind of dark drug dealer stuff, you know? Um, and that, that's, that's not what they were about. They're from, and, you know, and a lot of it comes from that, that Philly, like, the Philly, the history of Philadelphia music, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of history of soul music in that era. I think it's uh, ha- oh, why can't I remember their names? But a massive, like oh. massive soul section. It's uh, humble, going. humble, keep oh, gamble, yeah. gamble,
0: gamble and half something. And yeah, Huff.
1: yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's it's that. Yeah, like they made some amazing soul music, they and, and they've come up from that in Philly. That's that's their musical education to a certain extent and you know again if you if you listen to Questlove he he talks about being brought up with lots of different influences and having a older sister who was a little bit left field in in her musical tastes and picking up stuff from them and her boyfriends and mm-hmm. you know he he was surrounded by a lot and he he knew his stuff and he knew that he wanted to create something on another level and i, I would imagine he drew musicians to that band to kind of compliment that as well, yeah. that, that we're able to bring it out, which again is there in the sounds. It's, it's awesome. I'm really good.
0: It is awesome. It really is awesome. <laughs> one of the things uh listening to this uh now, I was just like, um, cause I know like they've got Jay Diller on there, but you listen to it, some of it, and you're just like, Where is the sample? So I'm scouring through the credits, right? So there's like there's gotta be like a, a little snippet of some. Of, of something in there, none, man, none. Mm. There, 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 It's just all, it's all fresh. It's all new. It's all played in. I'm like, it's, it's amazing. And Questlove is a damn metronome, man. He's like, he's mm. like a machine. He's so tight. It's un, it's untrue. And it, it, it's weird that um talks about in one of his interviews. You know the Red Bull Academy interview. Did, did you watch that one? Yeah. The, right. You know the one where he was talking about working with working with D'Angelo and um, um, because he grew up with his dad and his dad was an old school ribbon and blue session player it's all about staying in the pocket and being tight as tight as can be and D'Angelo was more about be laid back be laid back and I was watching it thinking but like Quest you're like a you're like a machine anyway are you you try to tell me that growing up you were like even more machine like than you are now because even though he's, he, he plays more laid back it's still sort of like so it's still so in the pocket, it's untrue. Do you know what I mean? Like and he's he's not like you know, there are other drummers that they're they're more showy and ostentatious in their style and he's very sort of like you know, he's he's very kind of straight where he plays, he he doesn't he's not about the drum feels, it's all about the groove. He's all about and he, and he's keeping the groove. And in that, there is genius in that. Do you know what I mean? He's pretty damn amazing. And he's obviously yeah.
1: Like and, and you know hip-hop's not about all the fills you know it's not it's, it's not, not about filling every single beat of every single bar like it is it's about having that constant but what he was able to do was and i think again it comes from him actually being a drummer and having a drummer creating your beats as opposed to a producer or a dj creating mm-hmm. your beats. like he was able to just push it on a little bit further and in a you know a triple kick drum at at the start of a beat as opposed to just a buh, he would be boom, 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 cat, boom, boom, ba boom. You know, he would he's able to push it because he he understands he's a master of his instrument to a certain extent. And he would have been by that time because, you know, they they've been going for about ten odd years by that time. They've been playing live. They've been they've been grinding like, you know, this is the first album that we're talking about where we're not talking about the the debut album of an artist. We're talking about them being four years, four albums in. Like really, like honing their craft, working it out, making mistakes, having a few. In, in, I mean, we say failures. Like the other albums weren't failures; they just, you know, they weren't. They, they just, weren't massive, huge successes. Just, excessive, just but,
0: niche, just niche albums. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that, you know. But again, it's nice. It's nice that we've been able to to find an act that we're able to talk about an act that was given the time to develop, to grow. And, and that's not to say it was an easy path for them. It wasn't um, by any accounts, but they were able to get to that fourth album and produce um, a masterpiece, which, you know, a lot of people don't get that far. When we, like our last episode, when we talk about Lyndon David Hall and what he could have evolved into, if they'd have continued to put the money into it, you know, that, that happened with these guys. Um, and yeah, it, it just gave it gave birth to so much like it, you know when we go into this album it's it's like not only did it it set up the neo soul scene but it also set up the the soulful hip hop scene and took it from what De La Soul and Tribe had done before that uh, and most had started doing and actually turned it into its own entity it made this conscious hip-hop movement so to speak but it made it a marketable asset as opposed to the place that they were in before where we have no stars and everyone's all about the bling hip-hop or everyone's all about the gang hip-hop and we're just out here like they made that culture they they allowed jurassic five they allowed um slum village they allowed high tech and talib queli and and common and you know they enabled that them to have their own thing that went along the neo soul thing so where you had the jiggy hip hop and you would have i don't know uh, Kelly Price singing on all of the bad boy hooks like now you can have Badu singing on a common hook like they 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 were able to take those models and bring it over to this soulful hip hop movement and then also spoken word like spoke i don't think since jill scott heron spoken word had ever been given a platform like the roots gave to ursula rucker no, no. and just kind of showcasing what that could do and i feel like that also and, and along with what jill scott started doing afterwards and you know the way erica was with her stuff but you know those two are singers like this is a poet and this is poetry and this is spoken word and i i don't think it a light a light had ever been shone on it like what they do with the with the end track and, and i know she's featured on one of their other albums but obviously this is the this is the big album mm. and they, they've got her essentially closing it out i know there's a secret track but they've given spoken word the opportunity to close it out and finish it off and she kills it. Um, I, and yeah, and I think it, it's, it, it gave birth to everything that we know and see now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible what this album did. Like, oh, mate.
0: And it's probably the reason why, um, you know, they always get asked, D'Angelo always gets asked, Love always gets asked, what happened to the Soul Quarians? Soul Quarians. Um, for those who don't know, Soul Quarians were like, is what the movement was called. All those acts and artists working together, you know, D'Angelo, Erica, jay dilla most deaf common like they were called the soul aquariums and Questlove basically said the reason why it didn't happen is that after this period of time everyone everyone's albums dropped and everyone became a star you know in different at different levels but everyone became a star and started doing their own thing but not in a not in a bad mind way not in a negative way just in a in a wow i've got to be here i need to be in japan because my single is blown up here or um, you know, I'm doing this, and, and they all went their separate ways. So it's quite. it became quite difficult. Everyone became so successful. I think that's probably, I could think that period of time is probably Common's peak. Maybe that period of time, most deaths peak. A lot of those guys, they didn't really...
1: Yeah, I, I, th- I think most, I think Talib... Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely Talib, peaked. yeah. yeah. Uh, e- even though they had other albums before mm. Common is a little bit harder because I feel like he's he's had he's been able to have other careers and you know he had he had the Kanye album in 2000 you know he, he managed to, to jump on with him and get some work there so I, I feel like I feel like Common's probably most critically acclaimed album is Like Water for Chocolate um, but I think he's done a lot of other good work and since then and broken through more since then um but again it's like everything you, you have these moments in time you have these moments in time where everything you drop for a period is is hot and can't be touched and you know neptune's had it bad boy had it you know dre had it like you, you know you go from time and then you go back to motown you know you can go right back to that and see that all of these things had had their moment and this album was the real. Is it the birth? I don't know. Because if you don't have Brown Sugar, then you don't have Quest Love saying, I want to work with that guy. I want exactly. to work with that cat. I'm exactly. going to change up how I play my drums just to play with this guy. If you... So yeah. I, I don't think it's the birthplace. It's not the but birthplace. It's the spark. It, it's, the, it's the thing that kind of makes it all come together and then blow. And work. I, look,
0: I look at it because you, <laughs> you coined the phrase a few podcasts back about the second wave, which starts round about now. And I think the second wave, they may have been a second wave. I'm not saying they would, have, but it wouldn't have been the way it was without without the Roots and without the meeting of minds of, of D'Angelo and Questlove. And those guys yeah it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be yeah, I mean, it wouldn't it, have been the same you know
1: this period of time again we, we're talking about electric lady we're talking about voodoo like you said what like what for chocolate like mama's gun and and this one yeah mm. things fall apart all mm-hmm. being recorded in that space over those few years and it's it's mental like and like, <laughs> to, think of, to think of all the creativity that was flowing to to think of of how they were working together Um, and the quality of those four projects just the anecdotes
0: the The anecdotes from from like from different people from the recording time just sounds like sounds like everything I always wanted in in my musical life really it just sounds like you're just you're just living breathing music but working with like minded people like Questlove was saying oh so when they weren't actually recording they were sort of like in the in the lounge room and they were just watching Prince videos of, of yeah. his life it's like i want to do that I, I could do that all day long and then they would get inspired and just go and record something you know what i mean oh it's just it's just a great just ah oh, i just would have loved to have been involved in something like that just it sounds amazing ash we need to talk about these singles <laughs> yeah let's do, let's do it let's do it so the first single released you got me the the big hit um they most famous
1: easily easily Likewise. most famous right that question yeah. yeah there's no yeah. there's no other song it's, it's the go-to for everyone I, I think that's true
0: I actually prefer I actually prefer Breaking You Off Break You Off with uh-huh. with Music Soul Child but it's nowhere near as big as, as obviously this but as a song I actually so I always always go to that song but yeah you're right yeah this, this one is definitely the most well-known I would say Yeah. written by obviously The Roots um, Black Thought Questlove. Love Scott Storch wrote this and obviously Jill Scott and if anyone didn't see the verses, you might not know that, um originally uh, Jill Scott originally recorded the vocal on this, but MCA wanted a more a more uh bigger a bigger artist for want of a better phrase. Yeah, bigger artist and they and they chose Erica, which was a great damn choice because it was only because of Erica Badu that I that I would have listened to this track because I because I, cause I kind of knew who Roots were but didn't know him know him you know what I mean like oh, yeah. did I even know him I don't even know I can't remember that well but Erica Blue, she drew me to this track and then obviously it's a banger I mean Black Thought he's a great lyricist and we'll talk about uh, last week uh Lynn David Hall talking about weaving stories this this is a story and it and it, and it draws you in so much and you just like yeah I I I feel that. Yeah, I hear that. Yep. This this is great. It's like even that start where he was talking about oh uh, she saw my show in in Paris and blah blah blah. I was just like I could just picture it. It's like painting pictures. Like it's it's so good. Um yeah. And um yeah, the the production's great. Scott Storch is a he's, he's actually a great producer. Um he's got he's had his issues over the years, but he's really versatile and uh yeah, he's it, the music on there is lovely as well. It's, it's it's a great song. We, we, yeah. How do you feel about this one? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, the, the, you know, they talk about this being Jill Scott's first ever song. You know, the first song that she wrote, that she she kind of coined and and kind of put together. And like, it's 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 immense. It's it's really immense. And um, you know, it sounds crazy. The different stories of of the way it came together, and you know, like Quest said, he knew he knew as soon as he heard it. Like, he knew this is the one. And you know what I was talking about before with the Raphael Sadiq track, and that was, like, the blueprint to a certain extent? Like, if Raphael Sadiq had been a bigger, better-known artist, that song would have probably blown up more than it did. And I think it was some really good, smart move from the record company to say, let's get someone bigger. Let's get... Whoever did it, whoever did it, like, is that's that's record yeah. business gold oh, yes yeah. why you are in that job you are in that job <laughs> to see that bigger picture and put those pieces together and say this girl's great however we need to go with someone else she'll still get her writing credit she'll still get you know X, y, and Z like and you know and if you listen to the they they released like a, a 20th anniversary or a Dulux album and it's got the Jill Scott version on there. Yeah um you know and Chris talks about it it was supposed to have been a drum and bass song it was supposed to be drum and bass all the way through mm. which I think is wild like why why would why would why would no Ash, like that would just Ash, really- I still
0: think it's wild when it comes in at the end I still I still think that's wild even like I listened to it today just before we recorded and I was like when it comes in I, I love it but it still seems like and especially for Americans as well it's like it's it's just to show like what they're listening to and how eclectic their tastes were. Do you know what I mean? Or are.
1: And if uh, they if it had been drum and bass all the way through, it would not have worked. It would have killed it in Europe. Not have worked. <laughs> but the fact that they introduced that bit at the end gives it, it gives it the credibility, gives it the extra identity that nothing else has. Like and again, it disappointed me when I heard that he wanted it to be drummer bass because that takes away from the actual brilliance of that moment of taking it to another place yeah. that you can only do through live drumming and through live band work and you know it, it's selling you guys amazingly um, but yeah check out the full version I don't think it works and uh, and as amazing as Jill is as a singer I don't think it's as good as the way Erika Badu delivers and maybe that's just because I've heard it a million times and and no, whatnot, but it's not, it's not that. I, it's... I think Badu just is. She lays,
0: a... she, she lays on it better. Her voice just, her voice just lays on it better. It it, it has nothing, it has nothing to do with um, hearing it a thousand times. I I will concur. Her voice just suits it better. It's because she's got less. <sighs> this going to sound terrible, but she's got less of a voice than Jill. Jill's got more voice, and with this song, it doesn't need. It doesn't need a, a big voice on it. It just needs someone to sort of like just seep into it. It's just, she infuses it. She doesn't sort of like batter it. And that's what it needs. Erica just, she just, she just graces it nicely. And it, it just, it's, it's perfect. It's it's,
1: it's perfect. Yeah. And then Eve, Eve as well, like, you know, it's mad. that they, It sounds so random how she just ended up on the track. Quest didn't even know that they were recording her on the track. Like they just gave her a version with her Seriously. on it.
0: I did not know. I didn't know. I don't know wow. any of this. I don't know any of the, any, I don't exactly. even know. I didn't I didn't even know it was Eve until, <laughs> I didn't know it was Eve until like five, six years ago or something like that. It's just like. Yeah. I
1: like, it, it sounds like a complete mess. And part of the problem of, you know, him being up in New York and, and that they had to go over to, they had to go over to Texas to record Erica's part as well. Like, it's not like Erica was there. Um So just, you know problems of them being here, there, and everywhere. Like they had been kicked out of their their studio in Philly as well because Malik B was on some madness, so they all got kicked out. So they couldn't use that spot anymore. So there's a lot of there's a lot of conflict and communication issues like going on behind the scenes. Which if you listen to like Questlove's podcast, um, there's a podcast that he's done with Jill Scott, and he kind of talks about some of that. Um, also, Larry Gold, who does a lot of the strings work um, throughout the Roots albums and, and a lot of the neo soul stuff, and they talk about you know not being able to go back to their old studio anymore, and that kind of helped play a part in them being an electric lady um, to get it done. But a lot of it sounds like a hot mess, you know, mm. and and a lot of trying to trying not to let everyone take control over it. You know, yeah. like trying to keep it tight knitted between Jill, Quest, and uh, Scott Storch to mm. to make sure Scott was kind of fully producing it, and then not give Blackfoot too much to work with. Just kind of, <sighs> this is it. We're not going to change too much here. Like mm. you just drop your person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they made it work. They made it work, and I, I mean, there's an amazing story about how for the for the whole time, Jill. Like, thought this was it. This mm-hmm. is her this mm-hmm. is hurting, and that. And then she ended up hearing it as she was shopping on the radio. She mm-hmm. heard the song come in, mm-hmm. and then she heard Erica Badu's voice instead of hers. And that oh, was the moment found out about it.
0: See, see that? That's real record company shit right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no one told her. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, and she says that, like, you know, but. Then she got to the end of the road and she was just like Erica Badu singing my song. Yeah. You know, and what and for someone who, you know, hasn't written anything is their first credit and you know, like to come away with it, to be able to come away with it with that mindset and to look at it that way. She's right. Like Erica Badu, See. one of the biggest stars in the world right now, one of the mm. people that I look up to and want to work with is singing my song. Like I can take that
0: yeah she can take I, it she was still you know, mega, she was still mega pissed though because I know I would have been I'd have been pissed <laughs> but you're right you gotta you gotta take the positive out of that and that's that's a, that's a major positive positive. it was a massive hit I mean like US Pop Charts 39 I mean for this, for this type of for this genre it's excellent US R&B number 6 I reckon that's wrong because I've I've seen conflicting it might have been it might have been two it's either two or six for the US and I've seen conflicting reports for that one and in the UK 31 which again yeah. for that time for the UK that's a serious chart position so yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I think the drama base helps it I yeah think the absolutely that's what I it. said in Europe think, that would have
0: that would have sure. made people just their, their ears prick up just like oh oh Americans are doing you our know, stuff
1: we, we already had you know and 4Hero would have influenced a lot of what, what Quest did there Um, You know, and they've been going for a few years. I'm pretty sure they've been going for a few years before that time, before that track came out. Um, You know, so for a British year, that drama bass, uh, Erica Badu as well, um, and yeah, Black Force Delivery. I I think it was a massive sell to the crossover audience, uh, not only in the UK, but, you know, across across the world. It, It set them up, it took them where... It put them in the place that they wanted to be. It's their hit. Yeah. And he knew it was their hit from the get-go. Like, they it, all knew it.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it just sounds like... It just sounds... It just sounds... It's got hit written all over it. It's,
1: yeah. But I, I would definitely recommend anyone listening listen to Questlove's podcast with, with Jill Scott and when, the way they talk about the song and how it came together. It's um, Yeah, it's eye-opening. Or if you don't want to know about the magic then don't listen to it at all, just just enjoy no, the song No, we, I sometimes say, you don't want to know what the trick is, like it takes away the magic from it, like just enjoy the magic and enjoy the song it's up to you, I'll I I, I leave listen that to you it, because
0: it's, like, it's really, it's always interesting everything, every interview I watch with Chris Love is really interesting, he's got so many anecdotes and so many great stories, he's, he's a great storyteller, so uh, yeah it's probably worth listening, I'm going to listen to it Ash, I haven't listened to it so I'm going to listen to it so, cool, moving on next released next release I can release release that's the word is I <laughs> can't speak is the next movement uh, released 2nd of March 1998 written by The Roots produced by The Roots produced by Grand Wizards which are The Roots chart positions it charted but it, this was 99 98 or 99 and 99 99 99, 99 yeah. yeah 99 99, 99 and it seems like records they didn't keep proper records so it's it charted it definitely charted and it did okay, it did okay um but i just can't find a definitive chart position um i this song totally passed me by and i only discovered it because music soul chart it's on music soul charts album he takes the music and for yeah l L is gone What are you going to do When the L is yeah. gone Which yeah, is a yeah. banger Which is a banger And this song is a banger But For some reason It totally passed me by How do you feel about this one Ash?
1: It doesn't mean that much to me And uh, It actually means more to me Like you said After hearing it On the Music Soul Child track mm. and Then I came back to, And then the next exactly. uh, Yeah Like you hear it On the Music Soul Child mm-hmm. track And then the next time You listen to this album You're like oh, What the Exactly. On. Exactly. Hold Exactly I see what that. you're doing now. I see what's going on here, <laughs> and you and you have a new appreciation for it. But yeah, for me, yeah, there's not much much no. to it.
0: No, is this a good track? It's, weird. it's a good
1: track. I, but, think, uh,
0: I think we're loath to say that we prefer the music Soul Child version, but we.
1: I, I I appreciate both. <laughs> I appreciate both. I don't have a problem with with either one, but like this this isn't a standout song. To
0: me. I can think of at least two or three others that if I was going to have a second release from this album. Like I, I don't think a, a roots album needs two releases anyway. Um, uh, it's they're not that they're not that type of act. But if they wanted to release a second one, I could think of I could think of others that they could have done. Um yeah,
1: I I think you I think you need more than one release at this time in, in, in this era. Uh, yeah, yeah, in, in this time like to try and milk an album and to get it across to as many people as you can. I think I think you do need more. You can't just drop the one single. I I just think you need more videos. More, you know, like you know, there's there's no videos out there for this. Like, and I there again, is, I feel that.
0: there is Ash. I found one last night.
1: Really, I found okay. one. I found
0: one. I want. I want. Okay. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 in keeping with. The bad '90s videos. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll put that, it that. Way. It, it's it's nothing like "You Got Me." Put it that way.
1: Well, but again, given given the time, given the importance of music video, that still had like, yeah, you you need more. Mm. You need you need that advert. You need, and there's stuff they could have done. They could have just been in a club playing like you know it could could have been pretty straightforward it could have been quite simple showing off the whole instrumentation of what they do and how they do well that is what the video is that they could have done
0: well the video is basically them as a band in like on a stage and but it's they it's like they're half taking the piss out of themselves Um, it just it it seems really odd to me because I don't know it's Black Thought seems like such a serious dude and then seeing him sort of like in all these weird uh, you'd have to watch it when i when i did a show you gotta watch it just to see it ash just to right, just enough. to just to have it there
1: but what what it does tie into again is that whole second wave thing we were talking about you know mm-hmm. and the the influence that this album had yep. on the Absolutely. next the next set and, and what it set up so you know we we're we're talking about we're talking about the second D'Angelo album and the second Erykah Badu album, but, you know, this, this influenced the first Music Soulchild album, you know, and it would have, it it was just, you know, it's like dropping a big stone in this pool and the ripples just went out into the musical world. of
0: course, especially for Music Soulchild, who is from Philly as well. So he, he Mm. would, you know, as he's coming up, he's like looking up to these, these guys and probably would have, cross paths with jill scott no doubt in the in, on the circuit i i imagine because all those people just you just played out back in those days so yeah it's just like yeah i can imagine that yeah massive influence massive.
1: yeah i, I reckon they, i reckon they just went with this because it was jazzy jeff and jazzy fat nasties that's yeah. that's why i really think yeah they, they went with
0: it makes sense know? makes sense cool ash so this is my favorite part the whole podcast every podcast we do i just love the best of the rest i'm such an album track dude so i'm true so uh, ash so i'm gonna just put this out there i know they never would have released this but (laughs) if they did this would a this this was a better release and i'm going for adrenaline another scott this is this is a total scott storch this has got scott storch written all over it 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 sounds like that you know the exhibit tune x it's got that yeah. Yeah. it's got it's, it's got torch basically you, you listen to any Dr. Dre song you hear the pianos adrenaline is that but it's such an outlier on the album that in in wanting to keep with we are the roots and this is our sound they could never release this it would have it just would have taken it like people just would, I think it would have thrown people for a loop it threw me for a loop listening back I'm like I think it just comes out of left field don't you think think about it Hi. Think, about I, I it, think and then think about it in the context of like dr dre and and the tracks that scott Storks did with dr dre think about it it just sounds just like it it just it doesn't sound very roots like but maybe that's the, I... that's the eclecticness of it or i don't know go on
1: no I, I i think it i think it takes all of that music up another notch and i think it tell it shows you how it should be done or how, <laughs> sorry, how it, could be done because the (laughs) drumming on this tune is mad it's bad the The drum patterns on this are mad like and you know it 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 gives it gives scott's scott so much to work with because his his string lines and and the way Mm -hmm. he plays it's always so syncopated and Mm -hmm. sharp and Mm -hmm. you know um yeah, sharp and just stabby. Yeah, that's what I'm looking
0: stabby. For. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very... He's, that's what he's he all does. About, like,
1: yeah. so, so, you know, the way Quest goes at it on these drums, again, you can't do that with a drum machine. or I think people can do it now, hmm. but I don't think they were thinking of, of, of really kind of tapping away at the drums machines like that. And again, I don't really think you can really do that without studying some drums and some beats. And yeah, I,
0: I think, on I, it. I think people like on, on like Fruity Loops and FL Studio these days, but I think they can get this, but I think a lot of it's <laughs> by accident, not design. I know like there are people that like, don't get upset producers. I know there are people out there like you can like, they they you know, you you, you zoom in and you can, you place the hits where you want. I, I know that, and I know there are some, you can program some great drums. I'm not trying to say it's impossible, but you know, um, hmm. yeah it's it's made easier that kind of to get that kind of that kind of swing you know like it's it's in the pocket but it's swinging which yeah which Questlove love does so well um yeah it's yeah it
1: yeah no i i, th- I think it's hard i, I think it, it is hard i think it shows <sighs> off it shows off um black fort and mad b for the oh, for their, 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 their kind of their dark you know where i said they weren't smooth and they couldn't mm-hmm. do smooth like mm-hmm. this is the hip-hop you know, if they were doing 90s hip hop, this is the pocket that they would be in. Like, yeah. this is the stuff. And, you know, and again, this is this is Beanie Siegel's first recording. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so not only does this album like, you know, have have all of this neo soul and soulful hip hop mm-hmm. and spoken word connotations, but they've also given debuts to Eve and Beanie Siegel, who go on to have Mental. immense careers. Like Beanie pretty much steals the show anyway. Like he is he's ridiculous on this. And just showing everything that is to come from him. But like, man. Like I, I just I just feel like I feel like they they could have done it. And I feel like it's it's one of those tracks where it could have actually got some more rap heads engaging in the album and listening to the album and kind of checking it out and they might not have liked everything they heard but they might have liked some of it and they might have liked the difference um and yeah it, it might have been different for for everyone else but yeah, yeah man it's, I, it's... I think it's single written all over it all
0: over it right that's like it's a yeah. top, it's top of my cool, best man. of the rest it's just like as soon as i hear it, every time i hear it i was just like damn it man it like it, it's hard it's hard um you do your next one. What's what's your next? I'll uh, I'll go after you.
1: Uh, well, It's just there's a moment in the album where I just feel like it it shifts up a gear. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing new when nothing new comes in, um, and it's got this this kick going at the start. Um Yeah, I feel like this track just moves the album on. You see the way we just talked about um, the second single and it just kind of passing you by. It? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot. Of that stuff, a lot of that middle part, just kind of that early part of the album passes you by a bit like it's there and you're nodding your head and it's cool, and you know, but then nothing new comes in and it's just its mellowness, just really kind of. And the way it kind of really at the start, it's just about the kick and it really gets your head bopping. And then you hear this guitar come in and then you start listening. Um, and it, it kind of switches up halfway through the song and then it goes back to this mellow guitar. Rift, like it's it's a really for me it, being the soulful guy that i am it just it works for me and i think it's it's everything that's perfect about soulful hip-hop um and they go from that and they go into double trouble which again kind of similar to adrenaline is just hard MCing.
0: it it was it was almost going to be on my on my uh rest of the rest that one and i took it off <laughs> i don't know why but yeah, yeah. it's it's a banger as well yeah definitely
1: most of like, it him it. and mo black and most i think this track i think this track gives black Fort his credibility like i feel like before this like he, all you ever see is the roots and everyone's association with mcs and rappers are they're the main guy and there might be a dj but they're the main guy. When you hear Gangstar, you think of Guru. You know, there's not too many groups. Like, you, you know their names, but not everyone knew Black 4 and not everyone could kind of put it together because this isn't traditional. He's got a band behind him. He doesn't have... He's not behind him or he's not just him and there's a producers or a range of producers producing his stuff. Like, he's part of a band. Um, and I feel like this track he is just able to shine and most compliments him perfectly the way they go back to back, the way there are three different kind of arrangements going on. Again, like a friend of mine, Mark, uh big up Mark was, was commenting last night on how this was one of the first times in a track where it was moving away from just being a standard loop and you're having a different arrangement here. And then it changes into this and then mm-hmm. it changes into that. Like similar to what what I was saying about the last track, nothing new, um, you know. And then they're just riding it, and they ride the changes, and they go with it. There's an amazing part where it just drops down. He's uh, like one for the double, two for the dribble. I'm one mm. of the illest MCs of all mm. time, and like, yeah. and the way they're able to just bring everything down, or the way he recognizes that everything's coming down, and I'm gonna get this illest of all time in. Like, I just. it's a line that always jumps out at me every time I hear it and again it's just um, a wonderful way of how bands can come together and you can shine a light on each other and just by you dropping out here or you coming in here and and that like and knowing each other and knowing how you're going to work and I think that only comes from being three four albums in and playing together for years and and that you know it's it's like a football team, you know. Mm-hmm. And no, I know Alexander Arndel knows where Mane is going to be, and he knows he can ping that ball there. Or the way Bayern were the other night, you know, the way that Müller and Lewandowski did that one-two for Müller's goal. He knew where he was going to be. That was sick. like, you know, like it, it, <laughs> it's that. And there's a lot of brilliance in what they do here. Um, Absolutely. And then yeah, love of my life too again bringing common into the mix
0: yo him on there.
1: like uh, I just I, I think that is that's your preview to As, like what chocolate
0: to, to yeah. me I've got I've got here on my notes sounds like a common joint <laughs> basically it sounds yep. like that album it's perfect it's so it's lovely and um I want to touch on this later but I'll just I'll just touch on it now it what I love about the fact that all these people were working in Electric Lady Studios, they're running from each other's studio and, and like, gracing each other's project. But when the projects actually came out, they don't sound like each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, they got elements of, but it's, like, it's it's testament to the strength of the actual artists themselves that they were able to put their little piece of themselves in it, even though they've got, they've got this collective work on it. You know, it it could easily, like, sound like oh the common album sounds like Roots and D'Angelo's album sounds like Erica's, do you know what I mean? But those artists are so strong in their style that it still managed to sound like something else. And this song is just so it's like it is like Water for Chocolate. It's it's that. It's it's the most I would say I wouldn't it's the most lush sounding track on the album easily it's just easily it's just beautiful it's, it's just it's just yeah it's just yeah it's beautiful
1: that string line when the strings come in like it, it is incredible um it, it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about on previous podcasts with Rashawn Patterson and and having great string arrangement and Larry Gold is one of the best to have ever done it and there's a reason why he at the time was the go-to guy and why people, you know, he did, he did strings for Brandy, the boy is mine. Like Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is high quality, um, high quality cello, violin, viola, double bass work. Like it's uh, an amazing arrangement. And just it's nice the way they're able to bring everything down for that string line to come in for them to kind of chant the hip hop, hip hop, you're the love of my life over it. And then for the beat to kind of come back in with those strings still there and still prominent and then just kind of ad-libbing over it. Um, yeah, just a, a really wonderful piece of music, which just shows off how good they were, like how how they were able to to take the live element of hip hop and make it into something credible and tangible that everyone could access and everyone or most people could get an understanding of um, and that they were able to just deliver their message to the masses like it's great that they were able to achieve that.
0: Yeah that is what you said there to me I think it encapsulates a lot of what the roots are or when they record basically they managed to capture the live element on wax as it were and that's and that's what it sounds like it sounds like the energy you get from when you've seen uh, a hip hop show with a live band that same energy and if anyone's never seen that um, you should experience it because it's a lot of energy and they managed to bring that onto onto wax it's yeah and that's yeah that's what I that that is who the roots are for me Um, the one last thing one I got um, and it's and it's it's obvious why i'd like it is um I, I love don't see us for the guitar it's got that it's got spanky spanky <laughs> spanky Alfred um of voodoo fame he just it's like you hear the song the song starts off and it's just got like a nice sort of like jink jink which sounds like a kind of a, a james brown style funk um and then all of a sudden this line comes out of nowhere and I was just like it just like I forgot about this tune. When I listened back to it, I was just like, Whoa! Ah oh, man, it kills me. The whole tune just killed me on the on the count of that one line. It's just it's just a great line. It's just it's just yeah, I don't know how you feel about but, this one ash. How
1: how do you follow? <laughs> how how do you follow you got me? Like, how do you do that? How you follow that song? Because, you know, again, a lot of times when albums, you know, you know, you, you, you have your peak song at night, nine, yeah. nine, uh-huh. nine or ten. And then 11, 12, 13, just don't really <laughs> right. cut them up. You know, don't do too much. And you're thinking, well, maybe you should have just ended the album there. But no one ever does. And, you know, and it's like everyone knows that this is the song. Like they knew it when they were making it. So then how do you follow it up? And I love that this this kind of follow-up was because then after this it's the ursula rucka track and we done right. pretty much that's right so it's, a, it's a great trilogy, this, to be fair it's like it's a message in it mm. like we're on our game mm. what are you saying yeah like it, it's like it's, it's like a perfect outward statement you've just heard what we've done here like we know we've done it we know we've delivered we're on our p's and q's what are you man saying are you ready are you down? Are, can you run with us? Can you, you know, because this is where we're taking it and this is what we're doing. Um, and I mean, the next album is just a complete, <laughs> a complete step away of everything. But, you know, like it was like, it was almost like a, a statement of intent to everyone that we kind of up levels, you know, and to be fair, when you then think that the Common album followed this, that the uh, Reflection Eternal, High Tech and Tyler Quelly album followed this, like, um, Tribe Quest, the Tribal Tribe Quest Love was before this or after this? I'm not too sure. i am um, uh, going to mention something.
0: Yeah, maybe um, just before Ash, I'm, I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, but most had his Black on Both Sides album coming out just afterwards as well. Like, they they really kind of just set a tone, if not for the rest of hip-hop and rap to take note of their, their fellow peers to kind of continue the work that they did and make a credible industry because it you know it, it became us in industry it became a different tier of hip-hop and rap music which you know and these guys sell out tours and they sell they sell they sold albums they sold mm-hmm. units they shipped mm-hmm. you know they made careers we can still talk about talent quilly now we can still talk about common now you know we can still talk about q-tip now you know and hold them in high regards and a lot of it comes back down to the the roots that this album laid down, you know, it created it. It's the, like the perfect name for them. Like superb.
0: Absolutely superb. We're in 2020 now. And um, the Roots now, they're like the house band on um, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Before that, they did yeah. the Jimmy Fallon show as well. And it's like, they're still making music, obviously, but to young people, I don't know, like if you're born, if you're born in 2000, and you're 20 now, like, what are the roots to you? Is, is there legacy? I, I, I always feel a bit weird when I see them on The Tonight Show and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I shouldn't because they're working. At, at the end of the day, I, I, as a musician, I should be happy when I see musicians working. <laughs> and it means they're working and they're getting paid. They're getting paid very well and they're doing all right. However, I'm just like, it's just like you're a house band. And like it, it it just sits a little uncomfortably for me. Just, just for me, I'm just worried that <laughs> I'm just worried. I just wouldn't. I just don't like the idea of young people just thinking, "Oh, the roots are the, that house band for, for Jimmy Fallon," uh, and that that worries me and slightly bothers me. But that might not be the case. I don't speak to many twenty year olds uh, about the roots, <laughs> so I don't know what they're thinking. But um, or maybe that's just my paranoia, because you know they have all this history and legacy and and stuff. And I mean to be to be involved to be involved in three three i would say well i don't want to put coming coming's album was great but i wouldn't say it was seminal but i would say to be involved in this album voodoo and mama's gun you know that's 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 a ridiculous legacy right there you know Mm -hmm. and one that should be celebrated constantly and consistently and persistently
1: I don't know.
0: Do you know what I mean? But
1: look, there's lifespans for artists, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if we've talked about it on the, on the podcast or not, or if it's just us chatting. But, like, artists have uh, – they can, there's only so much that they can – get out of themselves that they can deliver yeah. there's only so much you can do with the the seven notes that you have or, yeah. or the different rhythms and the we different spoke,
0: combinations. yeah we spoke about this on the I think Eric Benet yeah. or Sam oh, Patterson so albums
1: when you, when you think that you know their seminal album was their fourth album that they mm. went on to do Phrenology which kind of threw everyone off the kilter and no one knew what was going on with it whatsoever because they delved into rock and they're doing all this stuff but <laughs> Cody, Cody Chestnuts the Seed is their second most streamed song. You know, you've like you already album. talked about Music Soul Child break you off. Like the Jill Scott track that did make it on that set on that album, um, phrenology is SIP complexity. Yeah. And it's a great song. It is it, 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 it's not as good as You Got Me, but you know, Jill gets to shine in a better way than she would have done on you got me then after that all right they've had a few weird albums but then their how i got over album is in in 2010 2011 like for me that was an amazing body of work and you've got quest singing on it you've got it more live you've got them really talking about inspiring people and pushing the game on you know like and then they do a a, a joint album with john legend and they, they mm. go back the old to so like you know and well, that's what i mean and we, that's what, but we've gone over we've gone over jay-z's unplugged put album where they were brought in as the band and they through doing that through jay picking them to do that gig and then delivering on that they took live hip-hop to a place where no one else had done and if they hadn't done that Jay-Z wouldn't have been able to have pulled off Glastonbury the way he did Absolutely not. eight, nine, ten years later, yeah? More than ten years later. Like, But it, it came from that moment. So when you really look at their legacy mm-hmm. and when you really look at everything they've been able to achieve, like for the type of music that they do, like taking a steady gig on Jimmy Fallon and introducing themselves to people and giving people the opportunity, if they're of that mindset, to go and dig back and really dig into what they did, mm. I think people will. Well uh, I know and again, like Chris Love's his um, his podcast where he's he's interviewing different people. I think people will go to it because of them seeing him on Fallon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that
1: Abs- first absolutely. episode is with Fallon. I haven't listened to that because it doesn't interest me, but <laughs> like I I will do, but you know, and the stories that he's telling will make people dig back. The musos, the young musos, will always look back in the same way that we looked back at Earth, Wind and Fire and, you know, all of that stuff in the seventies. When we were of age two, we went back and we dug in and we found out about it. That's you true. know, and I think people will go back to them. Like
0: I don't worry about I never worry about the musos at all. I d I don't the, the musos will always find the, the other musos it's just like i was watching the this uh, tom mish video what's in my bag and he was like oh yeah i got this voodoo vinyl uh quest love blah 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 i was like yeah yeah obviously he would know he, he would know. He i doesn't... don't worry i don't worry about the musos i just worry about the the other people <laughs> the other people uh, who see it but maybe i shouldn't just worry. I should worry listen about the, the other people
1: you know where the other people might are the other people matter when it comes to buying that breakthrough album.
0: I love this. It's like, it's like I'm having a breakdown, and you're like the voice of reason. I love this. It's like, Jay, be it'd be fine. <laughs> the roots would be okay. <laughs> no, nah, it's nah, it's no, nah, it's it is it, it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. I just, you know what? I think um, I think COVID COVID nineteen has got me got me really feeling for the musos at the moment. So anything that sort of like, I just I'm just really protective over over musicians at the moment I think and yeah so I think that's where that's what that is um Ash anything left to say I think
1: man. no I I just yeah I I think there's loads of snippets in here like I I think I've rounded it off about five or six different times already yeah yeah probably just Uh, you know I'm, I'm just really happy that they they got that moment And they got that album, and I don't know. It's it's made me really look at myself, looking into Questlove and, and what he did and what he pulled off. So, as someone who wasn't able, quite able to pull off their vision, to see someone get close to getting their vision, and you know, he might not have achieved everything that he wanted to achieve, but like he, he near enough achieved what what he would have set out achieving back in 87 when they first formed the band and Uh, and this album gave him that moment and the platform to do more and to still be in the game now like yeah it's it's a brilliant thing
0: and one thing i will say about his um his genius um alongside his musical genius his genius is connecting people connecting like-minded people uh he's responsible for something like just 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 the way he sort of brought on board um pino Palladino, the legendary bassist, and got him in touch with or got connected with um um d'angelo for like voodoo and then now then he was on erica's album and countless other people like his pino paladino's had like a proper storied career and like he is like it's split it's split into different eras and like this is the soul area, like from ninety nine up until I think two thousand and ten maybe um it's they call it the his soul era because he does all all genres and yeah, just the fact that um Quest could recognize that this guy is gonna be the guy after him not really having a having a history of doing like soul music and soul stuff, you know, just like yeah that guy that guy could work and it's just yeah it's just been he, he's he's been he's amazing like that he's just yeah he is cool and uh i will listen to his podcast because the man can tell a story and I, I can imagine it's good
1: so yeah and i've got one of these drumsticks i've got a quest love drumstick that he threw into the crowd that we fought with a girl over but i have it
0: that week it, it, it took two of you,
1: <laughs> you said yeah three. me and alf <laughs> me and alf went to the uh me and alf went to see uh the roots at the jazz Calf. I can't remember what year it was and we were sitting on the balcony we were sat at the top and we were pretty much like right in front so we'd sit down watching over him Uh, and yeah and he threw it up and Alf got up and he grabbed it and then this other girl tried to grab it out of his hand (laughs) he just did not have a bar of it I can't
0: imagine unless that that girl was like about 6 foot 4 I don't think she was grabbing it out of Alfie's hand no I don't think that was happening Uh,
1: uh, no way no, I uh, think that was an good. amazing moment you know yeah, but yeah no they are the hip-hop bands like and mm. yeah fair play to them they did they did an amazing thing and helped to really create uh an industry that inspired so much music that people won't even realize how much music they listen to that has been inspired by what happened on I'm t- this album
0: i am telling you, you no know, well, like of listeners from so from about 99 when this album came out up until about 2005 right albums like Bilal's, what's his album? second second son or first what song. second song first born, born son. first born son yeah. right so albums like that you you look through the credits and uh, now you just go online and google it but you'll just see quest love quest love or just like people james quest love and james poyser those two names you will see across yeah. a shitload of neo-soul stuff like like albums that we're going to be talking talking about in the next few weeks you'll see this, their names and like I said earlier he became Questlove Love became like this weird mystical crazy creature producer Svengali dude who I just like who was this dude with this yeah, massive he, Yoda. he was Yo- dude he was black Yoda he man Yoda. he was black Yoda with an afro pick in his hair and that like I was just like even some of their artwork and it was just him I was just like who is this guy? And then when I finally heard this speak, he seemed so normal. <laughs> I wanted him to be like this. I wanted to be something like crazy, like Bootsy Collins, like like the moon and the stars type person. And he was just so normal. Well, I was like, oh man, he's actually a normal guy. But yeah, he was the dude. Oh, All
1: anyway, right. Like, we, I'll mention it. Like, obviously, a lot of stuff has come out of the last couple of weeks with Jaguar, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and her outbursts and. Mm. You know, which I think was fueled a lot off the back of Malik B passing yeah. Um, yeah, one they, of the rappers, one of the, yeah, the founders. Definitely a lot in. of pain of not there. Really paying attention to it. Yeah. Like, there's most likely probably a lot of truth to what she's saying, a lot of reality to what she's saying. I just don't feel like this is the platform to talk about it or or really properly speak on it because just because of what they've done and and what they achieved. Like, we're about talking about the music and. Um, about the positivity of it all i I've no doubt that they will be you know pulled into account and be pulled up for any indiscretions and, and madnesses that may have got on with them and, and what they did um, so it's not it's not to, it's not to not address that situation or not to kind of highlight it it's just we've been talking for well over an hour about this album and we could probably carry on talking for a lot longer about their music and their influence and everything Absolutely. that they've done and it just doesn't feel like this is the right space for it would you agree
0: i definitely agree i don't think it's the right place right or, or right or right platform and and it's one of those things you just you just i'm very conscious of talk speaking on things that i don't f- know have the full details for so it just be speculation
1: maybe, maybe we do jaguar's album in one yeah. issue because it, it's worth doing She's a great great vocalist she delivered an amazing album great there vocalist. was one, one fantastic album she dropped the yeah. second one yeah
0: yeah but you know I, I think i i think i actually had the first one i'm sure i'm sure of it. yeah i'm sure i was i was definitely into her at the uh, for a minute because that's why when you sent me the link to that thing i was just like whoa what's going on but yeah so like i was saying yeah i always feel uncomfortable speaking on on things like this because i just don't know the full facts and and uh yeah it's it, it would just be speculation a lot of it you, you know mm. and i just don't think yeah, it's the platform 100. for it and so yeah but like you say i'm sure things will come to light and i'm sure people will be held accountable if you know if what she said was true anyway ash i know we we're, we were strapped for time should we allow the? Should we allow Ashley's picks for the next one? Because you're strapped for time.
1: Uh, what was I going to pick? What was I going to
0: pick? I, did I was going. I I'm, I'm, I'm actually got a pick. Got a pick because I've I've been rinsing this for the oh, last two weeks. Do you, ting, I've, I've
1: actually
0: got a pick. Spotlight on you. <laughs> spotlight on me. This is weird. This is weird, and it's and it's weird because it's actually quite old. Um, bear me a second. I just need to get the right name. Because yeah, we go. So basically, I've mentioned his name about three times in this podcast, and. I, and i just think um this project is his second release it's tom mish what kind of music mm-hmm. um now the f- his first release um is good it's geography and it's good and but this one with use of days on the drums yeah it's got and i think it's apt that we're talking about is because it's very drum driven just like a, just like roots and request love and i just think it's an amazing piece of work and what i like about it and this is crazy for me um tom Mish is a guitarist uh geography is very guitar driven and obviously there's still guitars in this but it's not a, it's not about the guitars it's to me this album is basically about uh a spotlight for use of days and then uh tom Mish just colors it it's color it, it go listen to it what kind of music it's sick it's i i can't yeah. i'm 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 i i'm between this one and <laughs> between this and Liana Liana have, the Havis' album so these are the two that
1: are in full rotation at the moment and it's and you know Paladino's son plays on a couple of the tracks right
0: yeah saw his name yeah. uh-huh yeah 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 Madness and it, it all ties in nicely as well and uh it's great because they're both UK artists which which I'm which I'm loving so
1: yeah so yeah, what kind of music shows a real good spotlight on UK jazz music and yeah and work with that and uh, just you know, and that coming together, you know, mm-hmm. Yusuf plays with a has played with a lot of people before, like getting his own deal and releasing his own album.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and it's a real nice coming together of the two. Real smart record industry work, whoever mm-hmm. pulled them together, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just great Muso stuff, and they said, "Yeah, come, let's do a project together, and let's put it out. We'll find someone who wants to do it." And yeah. you know, they have done, and it's. It's good work. I, I, I definitely prefer geography. And but, I, um, I
0: know, I know you prefer geography. That's 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 the album you would do. Ash,
1: <laughs> like the, the, there's a live video. I think lift off. I can't remember, but there's a video with the three of them mm. in like this warehouse, and there's orange lights, and there's a dancer, and you know, it just mm. feels like a proper jam. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of this album was the way they made it. Oh yeah,
0: that's that's it was it was it was a lot of these songs were. They're like the combination of like just jamming jamming and it's it's got that vibe but yeah it's it's really nice it's really nice it's it's really i should actually like the the geography more but for some reason maybe i'm just locked down i don't know maybe i don't know it just it just this album just speaking to me just i just think it's really cool but listen to both if you, know, you haven't yeah. heard of Tom Mish Listen to both It's they're, The geography's sick as well So yeah Do it to yourselves Alright people Thank you um, Yeah Reflection At Reflection Music 1 That's our Twitter handle At Reflection Music Podcast Is Instagram Catch us there And we'll see you next week For the next one
1: Yes Thank you for listening right. guys Bye bye Later Later